you have to have a good environment because people are coming there to eat and we have to make it uh, interesting for them inside as well as outside cleanliness is so important and we have to keep it clean around us also and it's important what kind of stores are next to you Welcome to another episode of the brand called You a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons knowledge experience and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world if you are new to our channel please consider subscribing to it and hit the bell icon so that you never miss an update i am your host ashutosh garg and today i'm privileged to welcome a very very celebrated restaurant owner from india new delhi manpreet singh manpreet welcome to the show thank you ashutosh for getting me here thank you uh, manpreet in addition to being the owner of iconic restaurants in delhi like zen fujia and i remember fujia from my college days which was years ago and it's still going strong phulwari etc is also the treasurer of the national restaurant association of india so manpreet let's talk first about the national restaurant association of india tell me about this body and the restaurants it represents how many restaurants how many employees what is the turnover etc uh we have over uh, well not right now maybe uh, uh, but till about before the pandemic, before the pandemic we yeah. had uh, over uh, 500000 uh, members and uh, you know over the years they have only been increasing we opened up sometime in the 90s mm-hmm. with uh, you know a small started with just knot place in new delhi mm-hmm. you know and now uh, Of course, all our uh, our association members have over seven uh, million uh, employees. Wow! You know, and uh, about four lakh crore, so four hundred thousand crore is the kind of turnover which we look at. Amazing. So you know, since you are the treasurer, I want to ask you a follow-up question. When you talk of you know half a million members, uh, how would this compare to the other industries? well I, i think we are amongst the top uh you know we look at our uh, third largest after retail and insurance okay okay yeah. so big big employer of people a big employer and then we are also trying to get more and more restaurants into our fold and also making them uh, you know like uh, not in the black market in the gray market we want them to come out in the open pay their taxes and get the benefits of all that fantastic and you know uh, the figure you gave me was pre pandemic and i know that the restaurant business has probably been the worst affected yes tell me what are the challenges restaurant owners are facing because of the pandemic you see the issue is that of course our turnovers have gone haywire we are shut for quite some time it's difficult to retain good employees good cooks chefs and uh, it is becoming even more difficult now with the second pandemic uh, this curve which has gone up and now we are expecting a third one hmm. so it's it's not going to be easy there is going to be a lot of retrenchment also which is going to lead to a lot of unemployment and uh, a lot of restaurants are closing down because they can't afford the rentals anymore hmm. you see they were paying uh, premium rentals at uh, you know good locations because restaurants are also about location has to be ease 
to the customer to get there should be a nice place surroundings have to be decent i mean you can't it's not like a store which you can open and there's uh, you know uh, dirt around the place you have to have a good environment because people are coming there to eat and we have to make it uh, interesting for them inside as well as outside cleanliness is so important and we have to keep it clean around us also and it's important what kind of stores are next to you because they could be creating the filth and it becomes sometimes it becomes very difficult we have a lot of fights with our neighbors correct because they want to you know encroach on your uh, even like a veranda so it is an issue which is uh, it is tough okay. and we have so many licenses which are required to run restaurants uh, it's really amazing hmm. like uh, one of our uh, uh, co members said that it's easier to get a gun license than to open a restaurant Okay, and you were telling me, yeah, how many licenses do you need for a gun, and how many for a restaurant? I think you just need one gun license. You need one eye card, and that's it. Okay. Because, uh, and by the way, in Delhi, you get our police license for the restaurant and the guns in the same building. <laughs> Ironical. <laughs> so you know, uh, you mentioned that uh, with the third, second wave, and now third wave expected. employees are getting impacted a lot what can be done to support them well as a association we uh, last time in the last uh, particular time when we were shut down mm-hmm. uh, we did send them some money we gave them food and of course uh, we tried to get some money from uh, the government mm-hmm. but that was not possible mm-hmm. so a lot of uh, restaurateurs had to and uh, not pay their employees because mm-hmm. they could not afford it and we also had uh, a lot of uh, uh, well misunderstandings and fights and meetings with the landlords mm-hmm. and trying to get the rental waiver and things like that and we were i must say quite successful with at least our rental waivers because uh, most of the landlords understood our pain mm-hmm. and unfortunately uh, the government has not really helped us at all mm-hmm. I, i can't even say enough they haven't helped us at all mm-hmm. i mean if you look at uh, united kingdom you look at usa of course their economy is far ahead of us maybe our government can't do it mm-hmm. but i would just say that they uk as you might know they had this uh, three days in a week where you could go and eat in a restaurant and they would subsidize it really okay. they, were, they were paying 10 pounds per person mm. which is like 1000 rupees per yeah. head yeah plus they gave about 85 to 95% of the wage even in america they gave about 90 95% of the wage mm. bill so that's the kind of help they got a lot of other countries australia europe they have also helped but unfortunately maybe because of our constraints of budget our indian government has not been able to do anything but what i say is that if they can't support us with money at least they should support us in other ways absolutely right and one of our uh, main uh, pain points is uh, the input of gst mm. you know when you open a restaurant we are paying according to our estimates Uh, between 18 to 28 percent GST. Mm-hmm. 
on uh, capital goods, renovations, and things like that. Okay. So approximately about 23 to 24% is the cost of GST on our uh, on, on a new restaurant, mm -hmm. which we can't get back. So if you have, say, a restaurant which costs you about, you would say about 20 million, here is going to cost you about 28 million. Wow. Maybe maybe 30. So I'm just saying that it increases our cost, which is in the long run. I mean, if you're going to open five restaurants, you can only open four. It is substantial. You look at that way. Right. And ultimately, that also matters to the government because there is less employment. And of course, they get less uh, GST back from our new restaurants. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So it's tough. And of but, course, the multiplier effect on restaurants for other vendors is very large, isn't it? Of course it is. I mean, if you sit down to calculate, you know, it's crazy. Hmm. I mean, we have small restaurants. I'm a small restaurant here. Hmm. But uh, there are big chains who have multiple uh, vendors all over India. You know, each restaurant would typically have three or four big vendors. Hmm. And then a dozen or so smaller ones. I mean, I'm not talking about liquor. Liquor itself would have a, uh, probably about 12 to 15 vendors. That is separate. Amazing. Amazing. So, you know, when you look at it now from the perspective of restaurant owners, the investment is substantial. It's been almost 18 months of complete lockdown, if I can use that word. Do you see any consolidation taking place in the business now? Uh, by consolidation, uh, you mean are people acquiring, acquiring company each buying another company? No, acquiring each other's companies or merging together to uh, make. I don't. I haven't heard anything like that. Okay, as of now, but uh, you never know. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, you know that, but uh, of course, these could be happening in very very small single units. You know, which was happening earlier also. Yeah. You must. Uh, uh, I don't know whether you're aware, and I must make you aware of this, mm -hmm. that, you know, if you, if you have uh, one in 10 restaurants actually survive, mm -hmm. in any case, I'm not talking about pandemic, sure. normally, one in 10 survive mm -hmm. more than two years. And I would say one in 100 is what does fantastic business. Okay. So when people or general public gets attracted to or thinks about opening a restaurant, mm. they only see that one in hundred. Mm. They haven't seen the other ninety-nine. Correct. You know, so you you get inspired. You say, and then you feel it's so easy. Mm. But I think the main thing is when you open a restaurant, your investment is in the walls, mm. on the walls, furniture kitchen equipment, which is made to order. And if you want to close it after two years, mm -hmm. you get nothing back. Correct. I mean, if you get back 10%, you're lucky. Mm -hmm. Because nobody wants to buy, I mean, besides maybe your fridges or something, but mm -hmm. everybody, each new restaurant, like if you want to open a new restaurant, you feel, you know, why should I buy something second? Mm -hmm. Let's buy something brand new. Because I'll have to meet God knows how he has used it. Mm. You know, all those things. And then you have a particular shape of a restaurant. Mm. 
and your kitchen equipment has to fit in there. Mm. Yeah, so it's not really standardized. It's made to order. Yeah, well said. Well said. So I've got one more question for you. Uh, that from your perspective, NRAI, and then I'll come to your restaurants. Uh, with home delivery becoming so popular, the Swiggies and the Zomatos of the world, uh, and people have got used to getting their food, whatever they want from wherever. Do you think the restaurant business will go back to pre-COVID levels? Uh, you mean uh, in the restaurant? In the restaurant? Yes. Oh, well, I, I'm hoping it will. But I think ultimately, uh, you know, restaurants are serving not just the food, it's the experience. And, you know, you go out, you want to get the feel of it. Like if you're buying a shirt, you know, I'm buying so many things online now. I'm not happy. Hmm. You want to go, you want to go to a store, you want to feel that cloth. You want to see where you wear it, you see it for size, whatever it is. But till you don't feel it, you don't get that excitement of buying something. Hmm. Here you are given a shirt and then you say, oh, you know, maybe sometimes, like a lot of times, it's just lying in my cupboard and I haven't even worn it True. because it's not okay. Don't feel like returning. It's too much of a process. Mm -hmm. So similarly, with a restaurant, a good restaurant gives you, see, we are not a dhaba. Mm -hmm. So dhaba is, when you go there, there's no, no experience. But here, you enter, you feel nice, you see a few people, some are above your pay grade, some are below. And there you are all the same you're all equal and you're all there to have a good time you know so you're enjoying the food the presentation which we give you in our restaurant can never be the same what you get at home mm -hmm. and don't forget that uh there's a lot of sale coming out of uh, zomato and swiggy but it's going to dark kitchens a kitchen which you have not seen you have not felt. God knows what is happening there. Right. It may be the best kitchen in the world. I'm not saying that. Yeah. It may be the worst. But when you go to a restaurant, when you enter, you get a certain feeling Absolutely. and you realize that I'm sure they are following the norms. And all the restaurants would have all the requisite licenses and they have to deal with all. So I think, uh, and another thing is that we are paying for real estate. So if a noodle which costs 100 rupees from uh, a roadside place probably cost 400 rupees at a restaurant because there are so many other costs involved. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Manpreet, now let's move to your restaurants. Yeah. I mean, you've got some amazingly, you know, well, you know, curated restaurants, big names, probably many of the one in hundred that you spoke about oh, yes. my question to you is what goes into curating a, a successful restaurant well i think uh, to begin with it's uh, it's hard work you have to i know my father when he started the business he was there uh, i won't say 24 hours a day but mentally there 24 hours a day you know and uh, 12 to 14 to 16 hours a day they used to work. When I start, started working, it was much easier in the beginning. But of course, I was uh, doing my college while uh, going to the restaurant simultaneously. When I opened my first restaurant, uh, which was Fulwari in Pragati Madan, which uh, was basically, we opened as a small restaurant, but we went on to becoming a big catering unit there. 
used to hold weddings from uh, 100 people to well the maximum wedding we did was 2000 mm -hmm. we did conferences there uh, one particular conference i can never forget it was a uh, radiologist uh, from all over the world and our opening uh, night we had 3500 delegates mm -hmm. and their families and locals so uh, we've done a lot of such functions and uh, there when i started working i was working 16 hours a day mm -hmm. and 16 i brought it down to 12 12 i brought it down to 8 and uh, till we closed in 2000 in the year 2000 mm -hmm. i was working there about six to seven hours a day amazing amazing and yet so it is hard work mm -hmm. and dedication mm -hmm. and also i feel one very important point is it should be your main business mm -hmm. if it is not your main business you will neglect it that's an important point yeah and yet whenever i go to fujia i see staff which are which must have been with you for many many years i mean i see older staff there and i've often yes. wondered what is it that you are doing differently that you are able to retain such loyal you know keep such loyal people uh, well i tell you uh, i'll tell you a small story yeah. about fujia since we are talking about that restaurant it's more than 50 years old now uh, when we opened we had a doorman his name was padam singh he's still there okay he retired at the age of whatever 58 etc and he went back home mm. after one year he came back and he says please keep me back okay he couldn't do anything at home he said i want to be back he was known by his first name or called some of the guests used to call him sir mm. because they were born in front of him on that road mm. You know, and he would know each and every person who used to come there, at least 90% of the guests, because he not only knew that guest, he knew his father, he knew his mother, knew probably knew his grandparents. Wow. You know, and he would, when you come there, he would probably ask you, you know, how's so-and-so by name, hmm. how's so-and-so. And each guest would probably give him 100 to 500 rupees tip. Hmm. Where is he going to get that anywhere in Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so we have our staff which is working with us. They have, we have. I would be proud to say we have never mistreated them. We always kept them well, and people who are our regular guests help us keeping our staff there, because you know at the end of the day they are there for the money, correct? And they get their high tips and everything, so that's why they are still working there and they enjoy working, correct? So we have a mix now. There is some old staff and there is some new staff. Very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So one more question on restaurants before I move to the next segment. You have over the years seen multiple generation of people. You know, from the time uh, of your age group, and I think I'm probably older than you, to uh, you know, people who was in the seventies and eighties. But now this world is being inherited by the millennials and the Gen Zs. Yes. What is their view on the restaurant business as consumers? Well, I think uh, they like the excitement. And uh, now with the opening up of the bars, people are very happy. They, they have an area to go out. Also, there's a lot of disposable income, 
with the youngsters today because they are living with their parents, which is our Indian culture, and they don't have any overheads as such, too, you know, and uh, they don't have any expenses. The house is free, the stay is free, the food is free. So what do they need their money for? And of course, the pay is much higher than what we would get at our age. Correct. Correct. I remember when I start, first started working at Fujia, I used to get 250 rupees a month. Mm. True, true, true. Absolutely. You know, so, yeah, so things are very different. They have the money and they want to go out and spend it. It's very easy. Well said, well said. So I'm now going to move to the last segment of our conversation, which are some questions for you personally. Mm-hmm. As a restaurateur, uh, as someone who is you know, leading such a large association, what are some of the core values you believe in? Well, I think the most important thing is hard work. Without that, you can't get anywhere, whichever line you are in. And when you're beginning your life, you have to be these days, especially if you see the, uh, the youngsters, they want to do something which excites them. And I personally feel that you should follow your heart. It's very important. If you don't do that, you are not going to enjoy working in any job or in any business. You have to be happy. Don't, I mean, I am a third generation or a fourth generation uh, you know, into restaurants. Mm. But for us, when I was a kid, there was really no choice. Mm. You know, it was just the done thing that I will join my father's work. The same is not true anymore. And I think uh, parents today are giving that leeway to their children to follow their heart. Mm. I mean, I know so many of my friends. One is his son is uh, into music. I mean, it's totally unrelated to what the father is doing. Correct. Somebody is into acting, you know, and somebody just wants to be on the net and do stuff on that. And one of my nephews is making apps, you know, nothing to do what his father ever did. Absolutely. So I think that is is something which is great, which has come in from the West, because, well, with the added advantage of the Indian family, mm-hmm. you know, the joint family is yeah. so good that even if you are not doing well, at least you are fed, you have a roof on your head. Mm-hmm. So you have that advantage. Whereas in the West, we see that at the age of 18 or whatever, people like to step out and, you know, start living on their own and start, you know, working and uh, paying yeah. their own bills. Fascinating. I think this is this is something fantastic we have. I know. I agree. So with I would say that we should let the youngsters follow their heart. It's so well important. Said. Very well said. I'm going to read my last question to you. And this is for the thousands of people who will hear our conversation. As a successful entrepreneur, what would your advice be to young entrepreneurs who are starting off uh, on their life? Uh, you mean uh, for as, 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 as a startup entrepreneur? Okay. As a business, well, I think I said pretty much in my last answer that you have to follow your heart. It's very important if you are going to go into a particular business. You 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 must first of all, I think uh, 
you must have a good uh, background of knowledge which only comes through studies you have to do your professional courses and only once you have gone through that would you be able to have a good business if at all you are doing business and if you are doing some job again you will need your credentials credentials are very important very well sir. and you have to be honest with yourself first of all to know what you want to do really and then be honest in your work honesty is so important these days very well said very well said vanpreet thank you so much it's been such a pleasure speaking to you thank you for taking on me on this amazing journey of restaurants and i sincerely hope the challenges being faced by the industry are resolved soon thank you again oh yes thank you ashutosh thank, thank you very much thank you for listening to the brand called you video cast and podcast a platform that brings you knowledge experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals you can also follow us on youtube facebook instagram and twitter just search for the brand called you